Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. Normally, usually what we do is we'll sort of look at the passage and analyze it and try to understand it. And then later on, we'll talk about sometimes its background or historical background. <clears throat> this time around with Elohainetzor, we're going to do it in reverse order. So we'll just say briefly, we know that it's a meditation on various things that's written in the singular, right? Which makes it unusual from the rest of the Amidah. Um, and it asks that I shouldn't do Lashon Hara and protect me from bad people and do all these things, God, for your, your own sake. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the source of Elohim Netzor and its original context. Okay? That's the agenda for today, which is in the Talmud. How would you know that? If you used one of the big Sidurim, the one edited by Hammer that has the commentary around the side of the, uh, of the Sim Shalom or any Sidur with, that's annotated, it would say, this is the prayer from taken from the Talmud tractate Brachot 16b. Okay. So we're going to take a look at the context and tractate Brachot 16b, 17a. All right. That's what we're going to do today. Any questions or comments? So if your comment is, I don't want to do that today, then I don't know. Too bad. You're out of luck. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to share my screen and I'm again, I'm going to show everyone how to do this. Try, try to show everyone how to do this. You see my screen, correct? Even though you don't seem much in, of interest on my screen, but you see the screen. Yes. Okay. So I want to find something in the Talmud. Where, do, where would I go to? What's the name of the website? Safaria. So I go, so I go to safaria.org. Anyone can do this at home and it lists all of these things. And I'm going to go to Talmud. And I'm go, it lists all the tractates of the Talmud. And I'm going to go to Barachot. As we said, it's Barachot 16b, 17a. And then I click on the page. Okay. And the way this is set up, I just want to point out of this little icon in the top right corner. You could have it all in English if you just want to read it straight through in English. Uh, the way it's written in English, by the way, um, is the bold words is a literal translation of what's in the Talmud and the not bold words is the interspersed language of the translator so that you can actually understand what the Talmud says. If you felt like it, you could have it all in Hebrew. And if you felt like it, you could have it bilingual, which is what we're going to have. Anyone see that? Like it's so easy as pie. You don't need to open a Talmud book. You don't need to know... All you need to know is how to click on Safaria. Okay. So uh, just to foreshadow and tell you the punchline, um, Elohainetzor is one of a series of prayers that various rabbis said as their personal prayer after their Amidah. There actually are, I believe, 11 of them, 11 different rabbis. This one said this. This one used to say that. Um, uh Elohainetzor is actually the 11th of the 11. So if we ask, why did Elohainetzor? One question we might ask, 
Um, and I know we haven't looked at the content much, but I know I assume everyone has looked at the content at some point or other in their davening life. Um, one question we might ask, which we will talk about next week, is why was this one selected as the prayer? It's just an example. <laughs> Rabbi X used to say such and such. Why is it this one? Um, it may be that the fact that it's listed as the final one by actually a very late rabbi might mean that by the time the Talmud was edited, this was already becoming the standard meditation to say after the Amidah. That's a speculation. We don't have a Sidur from that era. The first Sidurim we have are Rav Amram, 850, 875, and it's already there. Okay, So we're talking about a sage from the 500s who authored it, and then by the year 850, it's already the standard closing of the Amidah. But we're going to look at all 11. I don't know that we'll have time to read all 11 thoroughly, maybe. So the first one is by Rabbi Elazar. By the way, these prayers, in terms of the context of why are they here in Tractate Brachot, because they don't really have much, I looked at the context to figure out why here, they don't have much to do with the halachic material which originally preceded it, meaning it's not embedded in a section of the Talmud that says, there are other, there's Mishnah elsewhere in Brachot that says, you shouldn't have your tefillah be wrote every day. Every day you should add something new. Rabbi Eliezer says that in the Mishnah, but not here in the Talmud. That would be a logical place to put it. The reason it's probably here is because the first one of the 11 is by Rabbi Elazar. You see, I'm pointing to it right there with my little hand cursor. And there's a previous statement about Amar Rabbi Elazar right before it. So sometimes things in the Talmud are arranged, not necessarily exactly topically, but sometimes they're collections of things or, or joints or seams that are because they're said by the same rabbi. So sometimes they'll quote a rabbi and they'll have like five things that that rabbi said, even though only one of them is germane to the discussion. So we have a rabbi, a Lazar, uh, statement. He said something about the Shema and the Amida. Okay, so that's enough of the hook. And then we have another Rabbi Elazar statement, and this is number one of our 11 suggested individual meditations. So Rabbi Elazar, after he concluded his prayer, and prayer in this context in the Talmud means the, means the Amida, used to say the following. May be your will, Hashem, that you cause our lot dwell uh, dwell in our lot, love and brotherhood, peace and friendship. May we have lots of disciples. May we dis, uh, succeed and send a, you. May we merit Gan Eden, good companion, good inclination, and may we rise early and find the aspiration of our hearts to reverence your name. May the satisfaction of our souls come before you for the best. That's a nice one. As far as I'm concerned, like oh. They could have picked that one. That would be a nice, and it's shorter too. Rabbi Yochanan, he is, uh, Rabbi Yochanan is uh, uh, 270-ish, the common era. After he finished his Amida, he used to say the following. Hashem 
that you look on our shame and our plight and you clothe yourself with mercy and wrap yourself with goodness and loving kindness. Da, 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 da. Rabbi Zeira said this, short, really short. May we not sin or shame ourselves and not disgrace ourselves in the eyes of our ancestors. Rabbi Chia, also one line. May be your will, Hashem, that Torah should be our vocation, and may our heart not become faint, nor our eyes dim. Am I up to number? I think that's number four. Are we up to four? I think that's four. Doesn't really matter. Rav, and Rav is much before Rabbi Yochanan, which means these are not in order necessarily, in, in, in historical order, okay? Because Rav is first generation of Babylonian Amoraim, which means, uh, you know, 230, 250. Um, pay attention to Rav's prayer. Yihiratz, I'm going to say it in Hebrew. And I'm going to say, does this sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, blessing of the new month. It's the blessing yes. of the new month that we say on the Shabbat morning before Rosh Chodesh, 11 times a year. We don't do it before Rosh Hashanah. This year, because it's a leap year, 12 times a year. Okay, so that's very interesting. It, it's just sort of interesting in terms of, let's just call it the history of the Sidur, the prayer that the group mind selected to be the blessing of the new month, once a month, on Shabbat is actually the individual meditation of a sage named Rav from Babylonia from the third century that he used to say every day after his Amida. This was his Amida, right? Now notice it's we, what makes it um, fit as a blessing for the new month is we add some words. Renew this new month coming for blessing. And give us a long life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, so the group mind decided they liked this. By the way, it could have been the group mind. It could have been an individual. We have no idea whatsoever. We really, again, um, the real editing of the Sidur is kind of a between the year uh, 500 and... 800. It's just kind of a black box. We don't really have much by way of sources from that era, that moment in time. So somewhere along the line, someone or individual or group said this would make an excellent prayer for the new month and totally change what the context was. Any question or comment about that point before I go on? And that was maybe number five or six. I don't know. I lost track. Robbie which is Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who is a Tana, not an Amora, meaning he's still at the time of the finishing of the Mishnah, right? All these other people were Amoraim. They were after the Mishnah, so which shows that this is really out of order. So if anyone wants to go look at Brachot 16b, 17a in your spare time and come up with 
can you find some rhyme or reason why these 11 sources are put in this order? That would be interesting. Pay attention to this one. Rabbi, after his Amida, used to say this. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Very early in Birkot HaShachar. So in Birkot HaShachar, we have, after the one-line blessings, Nisim Shebechol Yom, the everyday miracles, then we have the closing blessing, which is um, a paragraph. And then we have a little Yehi Ratzon. That is on page, I'm flipping. In the Sim Shalom, it's on page 12. And in the Slim Shalom, one thing we know is it's not on page 12. <laughs> It's on page, I'll be there in a moment, eight. No, I'm sorry, seven. First paragraph on page seven, okay? In other words, so Robbie's prayer is, you know, save us from arrogant, from bad people, from bad circumstances, from bad companions, from a bad neighbor, from a bad lawsuit, et cetera, et cetera. Protect us from all these potentially bad things that can befall us. Someone or ones, we don't know who or again, thought this would be a good uh, thing to stick right after Birchot HaShachar. Why? I, I think, you know, when we talked about Birchot HaShachar, we talked a little bit, because in the closing paragraph of the Birchot HaShachar, if you look back one page, after HaMa'avir Sheina Me'enai Ma'me'afapai, we have a Yehi Ratzon, which says, protect us from sin. So someone said, oh, we have another Yehi Ratzon, about protect us from bad things. It's similar to that paragraph. We'll stick it there. Everyone follow that? Okay. So again, totally not its original context. What that means is that paragraph that we say as part of Birchot HaShachar um, was originally Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's, uh, Rabbi Judah the Prince, his individual prayer that he said after his Amida every day. So again, interesting that the editors had no hang-up whatsoever with moving things around out of context, right? They decided, oh, this would fit right there because it's it's a similar theme to the previous paragraph, protect us from various sorts of bad stuff that could ruin, torpedo, or infect our day. Um, By the way, just so you know, Rabi, the Rav, our Rav, He's, he's referred to, uh, that is Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Judah, the prince, the, the patriarch, meaning the political leader of Eretz Yisrael in Roman times around the year 200 of the Common Era. He was also a Torah scholar. Um, the final editing of the Mishnah is attributed to him. People say Mishnah, they used to say 200. Now they say 225. I don't know how people know that, that sort of thing, but I'm not an academic. Um, and because he was so revered, just the same way that, you know, people in a certain modern Orthodox world in the uh, last third, last, uh, last third of the 20th century referred to Rav Soloveitchik as the Rav. You didn't have to say the Rav. Or people referred to the Lubavitcher Rebbe as the Rebbe. Right. 
So it's sort of an honorific that, oh, of course, when we say the Rav, you know who we mean. Of course, when you say the Rebbe, we know who we mean. Similarly, um, Rabbi Hudanasi came to refer, be referred to as Rabbi. So even though there's Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi so-and-so and Rabbi so-and-so, when it just says Rabbi, it means Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Judah the Patriarch. Nasi was the technical political term for the person who the Romans recognized as the head of the Jewish community in Eretz Israel. Okay. Gemara note. Afal gav de He would say this prayer, please protect me, even though um, he had protection, right? The Roman officers protected him. It's, it's, like say, it's like saying the president of the United States praying for personal protection. The president doesn't need to pray for personal protection. The president has the secret service. They're the most protected person in the country. So even though Robbie did that, by the way, the way we know that this is a Talmud comment is it's in Aramaic, that line. Okay. Well, I guess the rest of it is Aramaic too. The introduc- Notice the introductions for each of these are Aramaic, but their prayer is in Hebrew. Rav Safra, who's much later after his prayer, used to say, Iratzon Milfanecha, uh, put us in a good uh, heavenly entourage, disciples engaging in Torah, whatever. Rabbi Alexandri, Jews have always liked the name Alexander, Sasha. So here's a rabbi in the Talmud whose name is Rabbi Alexander. It's his first name. It's not his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, after his prayer, he used to say long thing about put us in the light, not in the dark. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through all of it. Rava, who is a very important uh, Babylonian sage, shaper of Talmudic argument, and he's probably 300-ish, early 300s. Okay, now pay attention to this one. This one is harder. The other two were easier. This one is harder. This question, Rava, after his prayer, used to say this. Elohai ad shalono tsarti eni kadai. Before I was created, I was worthless. Now that I have been created, I'm still worthless. In my own life, I am mere dust, all the more so after my death. I am just like a vessel filled with shame. Hashem. Please make sure, help me so I don't sin anymore. And any sins that I've done, uh, acquit me of them, but not by means of suffering. Okay, I don't want to have to suffer illnesses to pay for my sins. Where is that in our Sidur? I'll give you a hint. It is not in the daily Sidur. Before the Vidui on Yom Kippur. Before the Vidui on? Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur. You're close. So if you look at... Most machzors for, I think, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, although maybe only Yom Kippur, I'm not sure. Um, the Amidah closes with Elohai Nitzor, our regular meditation. And then there's a second meditation after that, which is this one, which obviously fits the high holidays. Okay. Um, so Rava used to say that, and we have a line. 
But Rav Hamnuna, um, Zuti, little Rav Hamnuna, uh, which could be young or short, Rav Hamnuna, he used to say this as his vidui on Yom Kippur. So he would say this paragraph. So we have already a sentence there, which marks the transition of this from an everyday after the Amida prayer to another rabbi who moved it to be part of the vidui of Yom Kippur. And it's sort of the transition between, if you, rem- if you think of the vidui, all the Ashamnus and the Alchets on Yom Kippur, remember that basically you first say the whole Amida to the end, and then you continue standing and say the vidui, right? That's kind of where it is. So this paragraph is kind of a meditation after the Amidah, which transitions to themes of the vidui. I am nothing. Everyone with me? Joanna, you raised a hand. Yes. You know, until this one, I've been reading these, like when we read, you know, this rabbi said, as like, realized, oh. like I was thinking this rabbi composed. But reading this one, that there was a rabbi who said this every day, and then there was a rabbi who said this only on high holidays. Are these Yehira songs possibly composed even earlier and they're floating around and a rabbi grabbed onto it and decided to use it for his personal prayer, but was actually written by someone else? We have no idea whatsoever. There, there are no other sources for these sources. This is the source, right? So like, where does our Yehiratzon for Rosh Chodesh come from? It comes from here, right? We have no other sources that have these things. Number 11 Mar Bre de Ravina, he's really late. I don't know. Ravina and Ravashi, they could be early 500s, right? So Mar, which literally means Mr., just as some people are called Rav. By the way, remember we quoted Rav, and um, um, I said first generation of our Amoraim in Babylonia. So just as Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was called Rabbi, Rav was actually named, I think he was Rabbi Abba. And he was so important in Babylonia in the first generation of Amorim. He was just called Rav. And then later we had Rava, we also mentioned, Resh Bet Aleph, which literally just means the Rav. That's not what his mother named him. And there's another rabbi in the Babylonian Talmud named Rabba, Resh Bet Hey, also not what his mother named him. So certain rabbis were seen to be so great in their time that they ended up just being called by the epithet rabbi, right? So there's Rabbi, Rav, Rava, and Rabba. Okay. All right. So this guy is called Mar, which means Mr. Okay. And it might have been short for Amemar. Okay. So Mar, son of Ravina, when he finishes his, his Amida, he said, Elohai, Nitzor Lishoni Meira, Vasifto Taimi da Ber Mirmav, Lim Kalain of Shiti Dom, Nashi Kaparla Koltia, Tachli Bibitor Tacho, Mitoteha to Dov Nashi, Vitazileni, Mi Pegara, Mi Yetzera, Me Isharaa, Umikora Othamikor Chotlavo Baolam. That's a little bit of the save me from bad things stuck in there. Behola Hashima Laira Am, Hiraha Fira Satam, the Kalkel Mashotam. So that's sort of, I didn't measure it, but it's probably about, uh, I don't know, 75% of our Elohim Nitzor. 
So our Elohim Nitzor is the prayer of Mar, son of Ravina, with a few extra lines added and some things deleted. By the way, if you look at Elohim Nitzor and the Ashkenazi Sidur and the Hasidic Sidur and the Sephardi Sidur, there are various lines that are added or deleted. They're not identical. The editors of the Sidurim felt comfortable doing that because, again, the whole point of this long section is this is non-statutory, meaning this is not part of the 19 brachot that we are halachically obligated to say. This is, you know, all these are examples of, well, a person should add, a, a person should add, what, what, sorry, take a step back. Without saying it, the implication of this long passage is, you know, it's good for a person to add an individual personal meditation after the Amida every day. Shouldn't just be the same 19 blessings you always say. There should be some that everyone says. Should be something personal. Rav used to say this. Rabbi used to say that, right? Marbre de Ravina used to say that. So Marbre de Ravina is the latest of these sages chronologically. It is also the last source because uh, the next source is Rav Sheshet had something he would say, but only when he would have a fast, okay? Uh, Rabbi Yochanan said something when he finished the book of Job, studying the book of Job, okay? So regular things that people said daily after their Amidah, this one, our Elohim is the last one. I think it's the 11th, okay? So maybe by the time the Talmud was edited, it was already becoming standard. That's just a speculation. We have no idea because we have no Sidur from that era. Okay. Um, it is the latest. It's He's the last in the list of 11, which is, it's not a chronological list. Okay. The earliest rabbi is not number one. It's a non-chronological list, but he is, as far as I know, the latest of the 11. Um, and his was the one that was picked apparently, by the group mind that edited the Sidur. Um, and, you know, one could speculate endlessly, like originally it was a list of 10, but eventually the Elohim was in the Sidur, and so they back added it to make the list of 10, 11. But we don't know anything about that. Again, we don't, we don't have manuscripts from the year 500, 600, 700. 800. Supposedly, the Hobby Lobby guy had a, Steve, what's his name, Steve Green, uh, you know, the, fun, the fundamentalist Christian who owns Hobby Lobby, who has lots of antiquities. I had heard that he had purchased from someone a Sidur uh, about this size, which was like, uh, I think, 14 pages folded over, which might have been from the year 700 or 800 or something, but I've never seen it. Like, you know, I don't know if it's true and I don't know if it's a forgery and I don't know if any scholar has ever seen it. And so who knows, but, but I remember there was a number of years ago where uh, that was said. And, and if that was true, that would be kind of the earliest Sidur that we have. Part of the problem, even when we say like, Oh, in Rav Amram Gaon, the first Sidur from the middle 800s, is we don't have manuscripts from the middle 800s. We have manuscripts from 
two and 300 years later. And part of the problem is sometimes later copyists would insert something into the manuscript. So there are things that maybe were not actually in original Rav Amram's Sidur that later copyists would correct in air quotes by adding something in that wasn't there. So even saying that it's in the earliest Sidur Sa'ad and Rav Amram, that just means it's in manuscripts from several hundred years later after they were originally composed. So again, we have no contemporaneous material. Okay, so in summary, Elohai Netzor, which next week we'll take a look at the content of it, is one of a series of 11 prayers in the Talmud, Tractate Brachot 16b to 17a, that are examples of Rabbi X um, used to say this personal meditation after their Amida. Um, the, the grammar of key, the, notice each one is introduced with this Aramaic phrase, Ki hava mesayim tzlote, when he would conclude his amida. That phrasing makes it sound habitual, as opposed to Rabbi so-and-so would sometimes, occasionally, or once come up with this spontaneous meditation. It, It makes it sound like this was the habitual practice of Rabbi so-and-so, meaning for Rabbi X, it became a part of their fixed daily ritual. So it still wasn't Quaker meeting house prayer, right? It was the individual's prayer that presumably they composed for themselves or Joanna, maybe they got from somewhere else because it was floating around. We have no idea. So it's not, it's still not, Still not quite, hey, every day you should have a new meditation after Sim Shalom, right? It's you should have your own individual, let's call it a notice they're all supplications, they're all asking God for something. And here are 11 examples of what Rabbi X or Y would habitually say after their Amidah. Okay, I'm going to pause for questions. We'll finish by 8.50. Joanna. I'm going to unshare. I'm going to stop sharing so we can all see who's here. So from the Elohinitzer we just looked at, just before the end of it, we have an insertion that we say that starts, I say, Laman Shemecha. Yeah. And then also there's Oseh Shalom after it. Uh-huh. Is any sources of how those came to be in the Amida? Was Oseh Shalom kind of always there as a nice ending to the Amida? Anything we know about those uh-huh. little pieces? Well, again, I could take a look at Rav Amram and Rav Sa'adja to answer the question, but um, I actually heard a, a, a talk about this about a few weeks about manuscripts, and they say like, oh, if it's in all the manuscripts of Rav Amram, then it's more likely that it's actually original as opposed to something that a copyist added in 200 years later because prayer practice had changed. And so whoever copied Rav Amram over wanted to make sure that what he said reflected, you know, their current practice. Uh, so I don't know the answer. I can look up and sort of, sort of say, you know, is it there by the year 850? What we might do is I, I might bring in, I don't know if I'll have time for it next week. Maybe I will, if we'll have time for next week, but a, a, a sort of the, the versions with the um, Hasidic and Sephardi changes, which are, 
interesting. Michael. Yes, let me speculate. Of the 11, nine of them are in the in the plural. Only the one that was selected for the Moxor and the one selected for the Sidur are singular. Perhaps they were chosen just for that reason, because they truly are a personal supplication. Okay, good. I didn't notice that. Thank you. Michael Ozer. So we don't really know why this last one was chosen at all, really. Well, someone thought it was a good idea. I mean, we'll look at the content of it next week and say, like, why would it be a good thing to say this every day? But I'd say, like, oh, there were other ones that could have been okay to say every day. But it became standard, but in... Sorry, standard with some variability, variations in all Sidurim. So everyone says, everyone says... All Sidurim have Elohai Nitzur. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it at some point, it became universally accepted as um, the thing, the personal meditation after the Amida, w- which is interesting because then you have the whole, a point, maybe one of the points of the Talmud is there's the statutory Amida that you have to say, but then you should add something personal. Here are 11 examples. And then the irony is one of the personal things has now become part of the statutory Amida. Uh, sorry, it's not statutory. It's, it's, it's quasi required. So one might make an argument. I'd say, ask your local rabbi. I'm not a posaic. I'm not a rabbinic decisor. Ask your local rabbi. Could I skip rabbi? Could I just skip Elohai Netzor? And while I'm standing there with my feet together, Baruch Hashem, Hambarech Yisrael Bashalom, then I could say my own personal prayer to God. And then I might say, we'll talk about the specifics about this in a moment. Hashem, Suri, Ali, I could have my own meditation, close with those two lines. And can I just skip Elohai Netzor? but just say my own thing. Um, certainly the other 10 rabbis would be of the Talmud would be perfectly satisfied with that. So I should say, you know, ask, ask your, um, ask your local rabbi. I'm sure if you asked a yeshivish rabbi, they might say, no, you should say Elohainetzor. And then you can also add your own things in Elohainetzor. Jeff. Well, I think you got to what I was going to, question in in that it's called a personal prayer but it's not really personal to us it was personal to somebody back then mm-hmm. and now and and so but it is in the singular to what michael said which right makes it personal right in a sense but correct so again this to, <clears throat> should raise remember so just to take a step back from the big picture prayer um has fixed elements and uh, malleable, changeable elements, right? So one of the changeable elements clearly is that you can add your own supplications in the middle 13 brachot, either in 12 of them in um, to the brachot that are relevant, and the 13th, shomeat filah, anything that you forgot or didn't fit. Um, by the way, I, this is just a personal thing, um, I say a mishabeirach, 
for Cholim in Rifa'enu. I have my list. And you know what? There are days when I'm on autopilot and I forgot to, and then I will add it in my Elohai Netzor. Hmm. Or I realize there's a person I forgot. So I'll add it in my Elohai Netzor. Right? Just, I don't skip Elohai Netzor. I throw it in there. Larry. Thank you. Um, in addition to <clears throat> Mike's comment about it being in the first person, I think, but I'm not 100% sure, I think it may be the only place where we're actually asking God to change our behavior as opposed to change things that are externally happening to us as individuals or collectively. So we're asking God to um, not just open our heart, uh, but to um, keep our mouths shut when people say bad things about us. Yeah, well, that's also in the the Yehiratzon, which got moved to Birchot HaShachar, that also asked to protect us from Yetzer Hara, which you could see as an internal thing or an external thing, depending right. on your theology. The, I was referring to the, to the Amida. In the Amida, all oh, the in the Amida. Correct. for God to protect us from things that are, will happen to us, yes. not, in to protect the, our, not to change our behavior. Yeah, yeah, yes, although... Still, we want God to help us do tshuva or have da'at, right? So though we could say those are internal in some sense. Okay. Good thought. Okay. Let's call time. And uh, uh, God willing, I'll see you all next week. And Michael Harris, our wonderful Gabai par excellence, thank you for working it out with the synagogue. So... Hopefully, we now move forward without any technical glitches. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.